Welcome to the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we stand here before you as blind men. We need our eyes to be opened. And more than that, we need our ears to be opened. We need new hearts, O Lord. And you have come down to give us precisely that. Eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to love. Lord, help us now to be made new, to be born again, and to hear the word that you have given to us to receive. Through the mighty grace and the mighty name and the powerful Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It's a sad reality, but a reality nonetheless, that we are all born blind in this world. We truly are. We're all born blind in this world. And we're only able to see when we're giving spiritual eyes. That's not something we can do for ourselves. Not something we can create within ourselves to have these spiritual eyes that can truly see. But what we need is enlightenment. We need someone to enlighten us, to set us afire. We need true enlightenment. Not like the enlightenment this world claims to give us. The wisdom of this world is truly folly. Yet the wisdom of God seems to be folly in the eyes of this world. But friends, what we need is we need our deformed eyes cannot see to be recreated and to be opened so that now us blind men can see the light that's emanating from our creator to see the love that's coming from him pouring forth into our lives into our soul and making us into new men but that hard reality is that we're born into darkness Indeed, we're even called slaves of darkness. The words of Isaiah the prophet from this morning ring true for our situation. That we hope for light and behold darkness. For brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like the blind. And we stumble at noon. As we do in twilight. Among those in full vigor. We are like dead men. But the Lord God. Does not leave us blind. And does not leave us in darkness. He did not leave Abraham's children. He did not leave them as slaves in Egypt in a foreign land. He did not leave them in the desert wandering. But he freed his people from Egypt. He freed his people from the wandering. And he has freed us, his son's bride, his son's body, the church. For the almighty Lord, he guided his newly freed people, the Israelites, through the Red Sea. He guided them through his holy written law. He guided them 
by a cloud during the day and a pillar of fire at night to the land that was promised to their forefathers. And he delivered them from their enemies and from his enemies, from the ones who were perverting the truth and who worshipped themselves and worshipped in darkness by sacrificing to demons and false idols. Church, the same Almighty Father who delivered ancient Israel has come down and has shown light upon us slaves. We who once were blinded by darkness that we came to know as simple normalcy. That's just the way the world is. We who were once led astray by the evil one to do his bidding as his servants. As slaves to our own disordered desires, who rejected the Creator, the one who made us. And instead, we pursued greed, we pursued lusts, we pursued unrighteousness. And indeed, as the scriptures say, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not overtake us, as Isaiah has preached. Instead of walking with God like the humans He created us to be, we quote, we all growl like bears. We moan and moan like doves. We mimic the creatures and deny the Creator. We follow after the image and the idol of our own heart instead of the image of God who created us. So is it any wonder that in this life, in this broken and sinful world that's ruled by humanity and darkness, that we quote, we hope for justice, but there is none. We hope for salvation, but it's far from us. Oh, here, church, the word of God and his prophet who says, For our transgressions are multiplied before you. Our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us. And we know our iniquities. Do you know your iniquities? Do you know what those transgressions are? Isaiah reminds us, of our, quote, denying the Lord and turning our back from following after God. And as for our sin against our neighbors, we speak, quote, oppression and revolts, conceiving and uttering from the heart lying words. And just as in Isaiah's time, we see justice and righteousness are far from us because, quote, for the truth has stumbled in the public squares. Boy, do we see such a stumbling away from truth in the world of entertainment. We're proclaiming God's created order for humanity as male and female is denied. We see truth exchanged daily for lies in the political arena where the left and the right wing agendas, they trump the truth and instead sell us fake news. Where truth is exchanged for itching ears a popularity contest, even within the church, as bishops and priests, as ministers ignore what is plainly written in the Holy Scriptures. And they choose walking in fellowship over walking in truth. They tr choose holding hands together instead of following the call of God's Word. Now we may deny what the truth is, but that does not make it any less the truth. The reliable foundation of God's holy word cries out to us. It cries out to us and to this generation. And what is the cry and the call that it has for us 
who wish to bury the truth, to deny the truth, to ignore the hard realities of the Word of God? The Word of God tells us. It asks this question of, can two walk together unless they be agreed? If we are not agreed upon the foundation of our faith, the Holy Scriptures, then we should not be walking together. Speaking of truth, this past week we marked the feast day of the Oxford Martyrs, commemorating bishops who stood fast and stood firm in the faith once delivered, who were killed for professing their Reformed Catholic faith in defiance of the English Roman Catholic Queen Mary. I want you to listen with me as I tell you the story of two of those bishops that we commemorated. Two bishop martyrs, Bishop Latimer and Bishop Ridley, who were tied to a stake and they were condemned to die by being burned alive. Those two bishops knew what was at stake even as the flames leapt up upon their bodies. They refused fellowship with those who could not agree upon the Holy Scriptures. They did not let the threat of losing their lives diminish their faith in Christ Jesus alone, they rested upon the promises of Christ, upon the solid rock of truth who does not change, upon the living Word of God, His Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And as the younger bishop, Nicholas Ridley, showed weakness, the elder bishop, Latimer, turned to him and said, Play the man, Master Ridley. We shall this day light a candle such that by God's grace in England, I trust shall never be put out. So how dare we dishonor their work by not taking up and reading the Holy Scriptures written in our own language, thanks in part to their hard work. For if we opened up the Scriptures, we would see that though we have displeased the Lord God, by distancing ourselves from Him in our dark rebellion. Though we be far apart from Him, though we be in error and we are covered in our iniquities and our sins, we see good news. Good news being preached even by Isaiah hundreds of years before Jesus walked this earth. Isaiah tells us that when God, quote, saw that there was no man who could intercede for us, then God's own arm brought us salvation. Isaiah tells us that God dresses for war, clothes himself with righteousness and salvation and vengeance to defeat that ancient foe who binds us in darkness. That ancient foe, namely Satan and his demons. Children of God, the sun is rising. And the sun has risen. The darkness is cast out from the east and to the west. As a great flood and a powerful wind, our Lord God becomes man for you and for me. And Isaiah says, quote, And a Redeemer comes to Zion and to turn us from our transgression. And indeed, as Isaiah prophesied, God himself became our Redeemer, turns us from our transgression, and gives us forgiveness of sin. That promised Redeemer from chapter 59 in Isaiah came walking through Jericho. Jericho. The same city once destroyed by the Lord's advancing army. 
led by Joshua, now sees the true conqueror, the true Joshua, Jesus, walking through a rebuilt Jericho. And as Jesus passes through this ancient city, the people of Jericho gather to see this new, this greater prophet than even Isaiah. And in the midst of the crowd, we see a blind man who sits in his usual spot. Bartimaeus sits there. He looks up and asks, What is this commotion? For he cannot see, but he hears. And the reply that is given to Bartimaeus is, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. Bartimaeus now stands. For he knows that this is his chance to get as close to God's anointed as he will ever get. Jesus, he cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Quiet. Shut up, you fool, yells those from the crowd. Louder, he cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus tells the people, Call him. Bring him towards me. For Bartimaeus the blind can see far better than anyone in that great crowd. Indeed, he may see even clearer than we see him in this room. For despite his blindness, Bartimaeus clearly sees the son of David, the king of Israel, the Christ, the anointed of God, and proclaims him, announces him as such, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And our Lord witnesses to that crowd, testifies to that crowd by confirming Bartimaeus' cry that he is indeed the son of David, the son of God, the king of Israel. And he has mercy on Bartimaeus by giving him his sight. What made blind Bartimaeus see? Not his righteousness, but his faith upon the only one who is righteous, Christ Jesus. Oh, that we would live in such a world where the bishops, the ministers, and the laity, we did not forsake the teachings of Christ himself, the doctrine of Scripture, all in the name of community, all in the name of comfort for numbers, all in the name of not being offensive to others. But our community is found upon our communion with Christ. Our community is found in our union with Christ. And our offense is the offense and stumbling block of the gospel of Jesus Christ. A stumbling block to the Jews and folly to the Gentiles. Our communion and our union with Christ Jesus is rooted in discipleship. Do you sit at his feet to learn from the one who made us? Or are you shirking away from Christ's teachings to please men? Hear me. Hear me. Church, you are accountable for your soul. No one else is. You are. By your actions and your inactions, your thoughts, your deeds, and your omissions. We live in a land blessed with apps, with books, with worship, with classes teaching you the Holy Scriptures and the Christian life. 
teaching you how to be a disciple, the one who has redeemed you. So take them up. Use them, church. Meditate upon them and pray upon the holy word of God that he's gifted to us. Fellowship with men and women of faith who take the words of the Lord seriously and don't try to explain them away. Take your own life and your soul seriously and amend from where you depart from the truth. Repent, turn away from your errors and turn towards the truth, the living word of God. Because one day, each of us should be called to stand before the throne of truth himself. And unless we are clothed by him who is truth, we shall not enter into his rest, his Sabbath. Let's not be like the people in the passage from Hebrews is describing. Dull of hearing, continuously drinking milk on the basic principles of faith when God has called us to eat the solid food of walking in His righteousness. Though we may be adults in age, far too many of us are content to be babies in the faith. But let us truly fellowship together at the feet of our Master Jesus. Let us learn His words every Sunday by coming together as a church and learning through Bible study. Let us continue fellowshipping together by entering worship together and by sacrificing ourselves to Him each and every day that He gives us breath and life to live. May we enjoy His company by talking to the Father through His mighty name and by being filled by His Holy Spirit. Church, the time is now for us to take our faith seriously. The time is now for us to take up and read the Word of God so that we may live the Word of God and truly be Jesus' body, His bride, His church. For if we claim to follow Him, then like our Master, we should serve one another, each other, and all those to the ends of the earth. We cannot make disciples unless we are disciples of Christ. Church, the time is for us to grow up. It's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to play the man and light a candle within our homes, in our communities, and throughout this city that shall never be put out. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Anglican Church of the Good Shepherd, Pelham, Alabama podcast. We hope that you'd visit us in person. We have Sunday worship uh, every Sunday at 1030 in the morning. And you can visit us on our website at www.goodshepherdacna.com or visit us on Facebook at Good Shepherd ACNA. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, please like, subscribe, and rate the podcast. It not only makes us feel better, but more importantly, it helps those who are searching for Anglican podcasts find podcasts like this one and other ones that are out there on the web. Thank you, God bless, and have a good one. The Lord be with you.
So to do. 